I'm Thomas Gideon, and this is the audio diary of a peculiar character. In it, I share thoughts about food, drink, beer, travel, music, and life in general in five-minute segments. You can read more at the companion site of a peculiar character at peculiarcharacter.com. When in doubt, don't scream and shout. Do a brewing update. It's been a couple of months, and I talked last time about sort of digging more to recipe formulation and flavor development in beer. I realized in giving a listen back to that episode from February, I didn't actually describe how the cream ale came out. I really enjoyed it. I actually got compliments from a couple of folks that I routinely share beer with that it was one of the very favorite beers that I've made so far. Now, take that... uh, with a, a certain amount of pride, given that they're one of them is a fellow home brewer and the other one is one whose uh, taste I really trust. It was clean, it was a little bit spicy. I love how the cluster hops came through that very simple grain bill. I put that and my Burton Ale, which I made back last fall and bulk aged until February and put that on tap into a local competition. The cream ale did okay. The judges actually seem to find it rather plain if well made. I'm a little surprised. However, in looking at modern cream ale recipes, I realize that at least amongst home brewers and maybe craft brewers, they've started kind of gussying this recipe up. One of the things I liked about mine, other than what I talked about last time, that showcasing the local malt, is that it was just so clean and so drinkable. And I can't imagine throwing a hell of a lot of other things in there that would enhance that drinkability. Maybe it might give it a bit more body and complexity, but I think that lightness, that crispness really plays into that refreshingness. And especially uh, the particular hop there is one, as I've mentioned, cluster that I enjoy working with. And it really shone through in this beer quite well. I think the Maryland Common that I made last time I sat down to record a brewing update informs a a good contrast. It is more complicated in terms of having a little bit more crystal and some rye in the mix. Not a lot more, but enough that the color came out much darker. The cream ale was uh, almost see-through. It was uh, just very, very clear, beautiful straw gold. The Maryland Common, by contrast, was not super dark, but definitely more amber, more appreciable color there. Also, an interesting, I think, Uh, offset in terms of some of the crispness of uh, the cream ale is there, some of that character of the six-row base malt and the the drying cleanness of the flaked maize, but just a little bit more complexity. I don't think that it actually uh, ended up muddying anything, surprisingly, I guess, Uh, but I think I still prefer the cream ale to the Maryland Common. I might simplify or monkey around with the Maryland Common if I make that recipe again. I had a chance to check in on the Wee Heavy. I added an oak stick. This is a a machined milled piece of American oak that's designed specifically for working with beer. So it's patterned to increase the surface area. It's supposed to sit in the beer for a minimum of two months. The smell coming off the fermenter when I put the stick in was absolutely glorious. Malty, boozy, everything you really want in a Scottish Wee Heavy. I can't wait to taste that in the coming weeks to start judging around that two-month mark how much longer I might want to leave the oak in, if at all, and to understand and appreciate 
what the oak is contributing to the to the beer. In this case, I'm interested to see how it hopefully layers in some nice complexity, uh, hints of, of vanilla, uh, obviously from the vanillin in, in the oak, um, maybe tobacco, maybe a little bit of leather, things that I think with a big, boozy, aged beer will go very well. The kinds of things that you, you expect from a barrel-aged beer, even though this is just a, a, an oak stick rather than actually putting the beer in a barrel. Maybe maybe someday I'll get to that. I also finished my mild, put that on tap a little bit early. The realization that and maybe instead of giving it the full four, four or five weeks and listening to some other podcasters talking about how home brewers are maybe more patient than they need to be, went ahead and, and tapped that a little bit earlier than planned. I think the beer doesn't suffer for it, and it's conditioning very, very nicely in the kegerator. I'm very pleased with the, this beer. It was a, a huge challenge last year to make. It was one That was when I was still struggling with my plate chiller. The brew day went absolutely brilliantly. Uh, no real hitches per se. A pump failure that caused a little bit of a panic, but I managed to, to sort that out and salvage the day. And the beer is another nice spring beer. It's about 3%. Very, very drinkable, lots of good flavor without being overwhelming or, or muddied, and uh, it only benefiting from the time right now as a young beer that is spending in the keg, allowing those flavors to integrate much, much more. I would like to thank the Internet Archive for media hosting and bandwidth. The views expressed on this program are my own and where applicable those of my guests and in no way reflect those of my employer or anyone else. This show is produced from 100% recycled bits. Except where noted, permission to recycle those further is granted under the Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 3.0 United States License. That means you're free to change this show as much as you like as long as you don't alter credits and you share your changes under the same license. Theme music is Slow Burn by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com, licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0.